welcome back everyone to this episode of Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition, where we are talking about Isaiah. I more and more on Isaiah. It, it seemingly never ends, but it will eventually in about three episodes, and then we'll move on to something else that is probably going to be weird and exciting as well. So we had this very, very iconic passage, right? It was a passage that was which one? The what is it? Isaiah fifty-three five where we were talking about the prophecy that many people think is Jesus. Right, yeah. The the one who... I can't say I've ever heard this before. The arm of Yahweh is shown to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crushed for our iniquities, all that. Indeed. So we were all like, uh, it's probably not Jesus. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. But we were wondering what was going on here. And so I looked up some things and yes, most things out there say that it's Jesus. They definitely really, really want to believe that it's Jesus. But some people think that this suffering servant is maybe the author Isaiah, which is really interesting. Mm, okay. Does make yeah. sense. He's kind of glorifying himself being like and his own yeah. suffering. And Cause I'm no a one two. Understands him as a and, two. <laughs> No one will date me. Everyone hates looking at me. It's the worst, (laughs) I know. Okay, that makes sense. Or perhaps it's the prophet Jeremiah, who I think we're going to get to next. I mean, they did call him a bullfrog. Bullfrog, so I mean, that's not attractive, yeah. He was also a good friend of mine, but we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) But I am going to drink his wine. Yes, good. But you know what? I could never understand a thing that guy said. And that Mm, actually mm -hmm. does hold up for him being a prophet. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. (laughs) That was a prophecy in and of itself, that song. (laughs) Uh, It might have been a, a specific leper whom the Babylonian exiles had seen die. Gosh. Whoa. I know. That's so particular. Yeah. So specific. It is, yes. But some people think that it was definitely about a real person who existed at the time that the book of Isaiah was written. Okay, yeah. That's a surprising amount of empathy for a leper. I don't feel like I characterize the Israelites at this time as being particularly empathetic towards people who had a a bad hand in life. But but maybe that's why Isaiah was such a revolutionary, you know? Mm, Fair, fair. Lin-Manuel, very revolutionary. Good job, Lin. So what most of the Jewish people think is that this suffering servant is Israel, is the whole like state of Israel. But what some Christian people think is that, yes, okay, it's Israel, but it is the ideal and perfect Israel, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, so they're like, yes, but also we're right. Yes, and. <laughs> yes, totally. and. Yes. Also That's Jesus. What, what is this? Okay. <laughs> Ligonier.com, dot org. Ligonier Ministries. Ligonier. I've never heard Ligonier. of such a thing. I don't okay. know. Ligonier? Huh. Yeah, they're like, no, it definitely is Jesus. And not that, not that the Jewish people were wrong. They're not wrong, but it is, you know, Israel, but the perfect Israel, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's wow. like unfalsifiable. Okay. Yes, totally. yeah, I can't argue with that. It's like, yeah, you're right. Guess, also Jesus. <laughs> also Jesus. I guess I have this question for you too, because because the way that I've heard it, and you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that God and Jesus are kind of one and the same. Oh gosh. And so, how is, is he a suffering servant? Oh, Emily. If he's, oh, Emily. I'm sorry. This is where I went Emily. in my own brain. 
wondering no, what good. the heck I'm was glad happening you went here. There. I'm yeah. glad you went there yeah. in your own brain. It's a good question. It's a, it's a very natural question. And it's like 60 bonus episodes worth of debate. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get there when we get so, there. So actually, not, maybe before then. not too long ago, maybe just a few months ago, Dedeker and I ended up spending an evening watching like a whole series of YouTube videos oh. specifically about the history of the Christian church. And that question you just asked, or like kind of the set of questions around that, was like the whole basis for maybe an hour yeah. worth of content that covered over a hundred years of wars and schisms and battles between different sects of Christianity. Wow. Yeah, that question, like so many debates, so many offshoots of Christianity, literally based on trying to figure out that question yeah. and different well, answers yeah. to that question. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought that it's like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Don't know who the Holy Ghost is, by the way. Like, no clue who that guy is. But the Son, you know, well, what? The, that, but that, that right there, the question of... So the, the whole Trinity thing was one of the arguments yeah. that ended up creating one schism of Christianity that ended up turning into Catholicism as well as some other Protestant mm. denominations that kind of adhere to more of that. Whereas others are like, no, 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 they're all the same person. And others are like, no, 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 there's God and there's Jesus who is half human, half, half God. God. And then others who are like, no, <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. So he's Jesus like, was he's like all Hercules? human. Like what's happening? Right. Yeah, I've they're never like, heard Jesus described in this kind of percentages <laughs> model. And some half are like, human, no, 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 Jesus is 20% human, God 80%. Like, yeah. What? yeah, okay. 20%. Definitely human. a half elf. Yeah, while we're for at sure. it. But but yeah, Dual but class anyway, that's magic user and monk for sure. This led to a lot of wars. This led to people being killed. This led to different sects of Christianity going to war with each other, or more often just individual priests or whoever being killed for having heretical beliefs. While some of them created their own offshoots, some of it through history was politically motivated too. By like, well, this king allied with this belief because it supported some other related belief. It's a fascinating, but mm. like Dedeker said, Heady. 60 episodes worth of bonus content. Jeez. Yeah, well, but good question, okay, though. I'm, you did it. You yeah, tore apart the church. But you know good what? Job. Hold on. But hold on. Hold on, though. In the okay, main episode, I'm we holding. talked about the water cycle. Mm. The version that was taught to me was also based on kind of the water cycle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. There, there, it all comes like much like the water cycle. Much it like all the water comes cycle. Exactly. I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. The so way it was God taught to me. The clouds. No, it was. It was kind of like the same way that water can be a solid, a liquid, or a gas, but it's oh, still wow. water. Oh wow. That same thing with uh, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Who's the Spirit though? Well, spirit is clearly the gas. Yeah, it's clearly evaporation. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. But okay, I just one last question, one last question because like for instance in Jesus Christ Superstar, okay. He like has that moment in Gethsemane where he's like I don't want to do this tomorrow. Like I don't want to die, you know, yikes. Whoa. He has that moment and it makes me think like wait a minute, like who is this man here because this in this moment he is just a man feeling these man feelings of I don't want to die. And I don't know. It's fascinating because we all like put, or well, we all, or whomever is, you know, into religion, it, it puts him on this big pedestal, like he's perfect and stuff. But at the end of the day, he has this personification. Jace is really excited right now. Uh, Emily, 
This is probably what people, uh, these are the questions that everyone has asked for yeah. like millennia. Yeah. This is, you know. this, Emily, this is the moment I've been waiting for since we started this show where you have become a pastor. Mm. It's happened. <laughs> Emily, you could not go that far. But you okay. could talk. You could talk about what you just said for like another twenty minutes. Say probably that's a sermon in church. Boom, done. It's true. It's true. You could do it. You'd have to be in a very liberal, you know, denomination. Maybe United Church of Christ yeah, or something. That's okay. That, if I said that to some people, they'd they'd cut off my head. Well, they'd have maybe. to be okay. First of all, with a woman. Be yeah. a pastor. We just woman. Still a little, Yikes. <laughs> a little uh, touch and go with certain no, no, no. denominations. Check it out. Emily, as a United Church of Christ pastor, huge following. Actually, I, I could see it. Totally, would, right? Yeah. yeah you'd you'd crush have a total it. Cult because you would, you would come to it with that approach of asking those sorts of questions and, and approaching it with this kind of empathy and humanity that I think a lot of people feel like is lacking from a lot mm-hmm. of modern Christian conversations. Sorry, I'm like getting too poetic about this. No, I but I love. That. I want to go to the church of that. Emily. Oh, geez. Wow, that's like the nicest thing you've said to Maybe me. Maybe that's the natural result of drunk Bible study is that the church no. of Emily becomes a thing where mm. people are super into Emily's interpretations of the Bible and like we all that. have cocktails afterward. <laughs> okay, I mean, that yeah. That sounds like Sign a great up. damn time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all show up. We have Bloody Marys during the service, and then yes. we have drinks afterward. Yeah, that's a great uh, Sunday right there. Boozy brunch. I think that's how we're going to get millennials back in church. <laughs> yeah, that's been the the thing that the church has been so stressed about mm. is millennials just like leaving the church left and right, and church yep. populations are decreasing. Yep. But hashtag we get them back. Boozy brunch at church. Yeah, here we are. Wow. Boozy brunch. Mm, I'm trying to BBC. think of sloshed <laughs> Sunday service. Oh, that's cute. Uh, SSS. <laughs> uh-huh. Cute. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should have ended with that because that was pretty good. But um, I don't want you know, pat myself on the back. But what did y'all look up? I looked up Unix. Cool. Oh, that's, good. That's pretty awesome. Good. From Church of Emily to Unix. So that's a good transition. Yes. Yeah, for sure. What do y'all know about Unix in general? Oh, uh, boy. Uh, Plenty. I All that I think that I know about, and I don't know if I really know about them, is that they used to be the most beautiful singers and they would unicize them so that they could keep their beautiful singing voice. Because, what is it, Castrati? Yes. The Castrati, yeah. Castrati, Castrati yeah. soprano yes. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah. I learned about him was in my music history course in college. and Same, same thing then. Yeah. Right. And it was about the castrati and that you would kind of try to determine early on if these boys could carry a tune, if they were going to be good singers. And then you would go through this process, which the way I was told it in my music history was you get them drunk. It has to be before puberty. So they're like, I don't know, 10 or something. Gosh. 12 maybe. Terrible. Um, you get them drunk help out with this, you get in a hot tub, get them nice and warm, and then you grip their balls and you crush them until they burst. That's maybe the most horrifying Oof. thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, I wow. I didn't need to Jace. know that, but yeah, you told me. It was my music history course. Yeah. Blame Professor McGuire. Did everyone in your course, was everyone just like, ah? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's Good. what we all did. Wow. Gosh, what did, what did you learn, Doug? All for the Decker? sake of that voice. All for the sake of singing high, yeah. And and maybe being like a 
servant to a queen or something. That was sort of the other okay, position yes. for, for eunuchs. Yeah, I did learn about the castrati, but most of my focus was on specifically biblical mm. eunuchs. Okay. And I expanded my focus a little bit to worldwide eunuchs, you know? because Worldwide a, eunuchs. World, that's, a good, yes. that's my nonprofit, worldwide <laughs> eunuchs. So here's the thing is that there's the Greek word eunuchos that, you know, is the derivative of, uh, you know, the word that we base everything on for getting our our modern day word eunuch, Uh which means either uh, a chamberlain. So as in someone who manages a bedchamber, specifically of a ruler, or could mean a castrated person. Or it could mean someone who voluntarily abstains from marriage or sex. So wide range there. There's the Hebrew word also, saris, which could refer to just an important person who may or may not necessarily be castrated. Oh. Very important it's person. So a little a unclear. big range of definitions a for this very, word. very, very big range. So for instance, this word saris referred, was the word that described Potiphar. Oh. If we think back oh. to the story of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, oh, yeah. that Potiphar was referred to as a saris because he was a officer who's in a really important position close to the ruler, but it's unlikely that he was castrated because he was married. Right. Mm. You know, unlikely that he was impotent either. That it was also supposedly could be a word if you were just impotent as well. Really? You could be referred to in this way. Wow. Yes. Huh. Yeah. It could mean straight up castrated. It seems that the castration that would take place in the Bible was more likely just testicular castration. It seems like versions of, you know, eunuchizing in the East, like in Asia, had more of an emphasis on cutting everything off. Just oh, wait, every Whoa. the P too, all of it, all of it. Yes, wow, yes. I didn't. I had never Even heard the P of that. Slash D. I didn't know the that. P slash D. Whatever. The P slash D. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Whoa. Yes. Why would you do that? How do you pee? If you got no pee. I'll get there. Are you really going to get there? Oh my gosh. This has turned into a weird bonus episode. This is Jennifer's if you want to like, get there. This is her MO at this point. She's like, I'm going to talk about a uterus. Stuff. I'm going to talk about a penis. I'm going to yes. talk about a eunuch. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. It yes. just does check out. Um, it could also just mean that you're just infertile as well. Just like anything going down below that's like a little bit odd or a little bit off basically. So something that's interesting as I was looking more into the history of eunuchs around the world is that, again, based on this very wide definition, it was often quite advantageous to be a eunuch because it meant you could get very, very close to power. In certain cultures, it was that straight up. uh, Like various in Game of Thrones. Yes, Yeah. yeah. In certain cultures, it was the very, I think, typical, yeah, there are eunuchs so they can get close to the queen and it's okay. Um, but in other cultures, it was just like, oh, they can't procreate or or maybe just their testicles are removed so they can't have children. So that means they're not going to try to vie for power in that way. They're not trying to secure their lineage. And so they hmm. purely can just be close to a ruler and serve them. Okay. Um, there was a Roman poet who references specifically women having sex with partially castrated eunuchs and kind of pointing out to rulers, you're creating a situation where a woman gets to have sex with a man and not worry about being pregnant. You're actually creating a more appealing situation for a woman to have sex with a man rather than less, which was interesting. Um, Well, I remember with Castrato, like that was kind of the idea too, is that they were regarded as like sex figures. They were, they were very 
huh. sought after or desirous or considered yeah, very that's attractive. True. So yeah. that that holds up actually. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't really want to go into the gory details of like how peeing works and stuff. They they figured it out. I'll just put it there. Wow. Um we already had to live through Jace's whole hot dub anecdote and I just don't want that's to true. pile on no, to this enough. episode. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Now, I did find an interesting article. There's a really famous verse about eunuchs in Matthew, and I'm going to read it. So basically, the scene is that Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and they are asking him whether it's better to get married or not to get married. And this is Jesus's answer. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. That's Matthew 19, 12. I like him ending it that way. It was just like, do whatever yeah. you want with that. <laughs> just you know, do what you will. <laughs> yes. That's sweet. Now, this wow. has been interpreted in interesting ways where some people think that kind of eunuchs as a class may have referred to essentially like a third gender or some kind of sexual minority. Like it could have mm. referred to people who were born uh, as hermaphrodites or born with different kinds of just like sexual characteristics or genital mm-hmm. characteristics and therefore lived in kind of this, just this different class, essentially. Um, Interesting. So because of the fact that like, that Jesus refers to, there are eunuchs who are born that way, essentially, where we don't know, you know, is it people who are born with both sets of genitals? Is it just men who are born without testicles or with undescended testicles, things like that? So so some people have pointed to this as clearly there were these eunuchs and like the Bible distinguished between like eunuchs who were made that way afterwards versus eunuchs who were like voluntarily either choosing to be celibate or choosing to be castrated versus eunuchs who were kind of quote unquote born that way as maybe this is actually referring to a lot of people who fell outside the gender binary. Wow. At that time. I mean, the people that Jace was describing clearly didn't have a say in their eunuchization. Probably not. Sadly. Right. I mean, but that's all just in the context of trying to get your kid to be a famous singer. So, you know, that's that's kind of Stage moms, am I right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Stage mom's not a new phenomenon, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it was the mom who decided that, decided that but yikes. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how those decisions were made. That's what I got on Unix. And it's a real bummer if they turn out to not be a good singer. Mm. It's true. Then you kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they would figure that out before that happened. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, okay, let me just quickly, quickly <laughs> cover some things. So I looked up uh, something called the Servant Songs. Mm. And this is specifically referring to four different sections of Isaiah, of which we just read the last of them. Uh, And this is Isaiah 42, 49, 50, and then one that spans between 52 and 53. So we just did the last half of that last one. And these the, the servant songs are all about or having to do with this person with this savior person that we've talked about, right? Where we said maybe is Cyrus the Great, maybe is Jesus, maybe is someone else, we're not sure. So essentially, it's like Emily talked about, that this person is believed to potentially be just meaning Israel in general, uh, or this could be a specific person, which also has to do with this phenomenon at the time and in some earlier theologies where 
the lines between the individual and the group to which they belong are blurred. Uh, an example of this, the, the, so the term for this is corporate personality. And this is a, okay. a theological concept that's not very well favored anymore, but was for a while. But it's essentially this idea of the lines between an individual and the group to which they belong being blurred. And the example mm. is uh, back in, um, gosh, I forget what book that was, but when Achan was punished, Remember, he was the one who sinned, and then like his whole family got oh, swallowed up into the fiery yes. pits or whatever. Oh, yes, Yikes. that was like way back in Exodus, right? Oh, was it? Something yeah, there. I think yeah. it was Exodus, or maybe right that. after Exodus. Okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was that thing where we were like, "Whoa! Like you're punishing all of his wives and children for the sins of this one dude." What? But it's kind of this idea of maybe at the time there was less of a distinction between the two, mm. potentially. Anyway, it's kind of fallen out of favor, but. Regardless, this whole idea of who the servant is in these servant songs is sort of this question. Uh, another possibility I found out was that maybe Hezekiah could have been another possibility of who this person was. Hmm. He would have been in the past by the time this was written, but could have been about him and his kid, which was um, Manasseh, right? Uh, anyway, so it could have been about him. I'm not sure. But anyway, the thing that was interesting about this is that, so the first song is talking about the servant who will bring justice to earth. And I think that's the one where we thought it might be Cyrus the Great. Okay. The second one, the second song, which is Isaiah 49, is written from the servant's point of view. Huh. Talking about like, I did these things and yet I suffered for it. Hmm. Kind of being like, well, is Isaiah then talking about himself? Which I think is how we interpreted it when we were reading it. And then the third one is has sort of a, a darker tone, talking about the servant being beaten and abused, um, but also talking about them being a teacher and a learner. And then the fourth one is the one that we just read, which is this whole thing of uh, you know him bearing our iniquities and and that sort of and interceding for others, which again is this argument of maybe this was the whole peoples who kind of suffered for the sake of Yahweh, mm. or maybe mm-hmm. this is a prophecy of someone yet to come, or maybe it was Jesus or something like that. Apparently, specifically Isaiah 53, 12, which was, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many and made intercessions for the transgressors. That that verse is referenced in Matthew, Mark, John, Acts, Romans, and First Peter. Whoa, okay. Super pops. Right. So super popular. Wow. Yeah. And now the last thing I want to leave you with is Handel's Messiah. Welcome to this episode of Drunk Messiah Study. Always. Uh, And in this, I just wanted to... I just wanted to play you a clip from All We Like Sheep Have Gone Astray from Handel's Messiah. We like sheep. We like sheep. (laughs) Then they go on to talk about how we've gone astray. But all I ever hear is, we like sheep. We like sheep. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's that's it. I just cute. 
Their wool is warm. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, oh I was just God. thinking about how much they like sheep. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining me for this episode of Drunk Messiah Study. Love it. Where we talk about liking sheep. Great. We do. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this bonus episode. We will see you next time as we're into Trito Isaiah now. We didn't cover that, but... Whoa! We're mega Trito. The last chapter we read is the start of Trito Isaiah. So we are oh. Trito for Trito more episodes. Cute. Wow. And then we're done with Isaiah. Beautiful. So we will see you on the next episode for the rest of the Trites. Okay, bye. <laughs>